They were on the wrong side of history, obviously. It's the kind of phrase that we use a lot, isn't it? That cause, that person, that movement, they were on the wrong side of history. And sometimes when we say that, what we actually mean is they lost. The most powerful side won, the most compelling arguments. They achieved what they wanted. It's a statement of what has happened. That's sometimes what we mean. But more often than not, it's freighted with a value judgment. What has gone was less good than what won. They were on the wrong side of history, and what's happened has now brought in a new era of enlightenment. They were wrong, and this is right, and we are right, and we are on the right side of history. And we make those judgments in all kinds of ways. We have powerful and compelling reasons as to why we think such and such or this person or that or that movement or the other is on the wrong side of history. So on this Good Friday, let's take note. Because on the basis of the very best of human assessments, the very best. Jesus was on the wrong side of history. There were people who thought he was likely to overturn the state and cause an insurrection. He was going to upset the status quo in that delicate balance with the Roman authorities. And Jerusalem and the people of Israel would end up losing whatever they had of their privileged status. But law and order prevailed. And the power of Rome won. And this so-called king of the Jews, who'd caused so much turmoil and so much ferment, died the death of a slave, publicly displayed in his suffering and his nakedness. That's what Rome does. And that's what the leaders of the people do. And that's what the, the institutions of power do. Today we would say, the media condemned him. The institutions of education and learning condemned him. Those who are influential in forming public opinion condemned him utterly. They regarded him as thoroughly dangerous. They were fearful for themselves and fearful for the future of their people. But he was on the wrong side of history and standing at the foot of the cross. It's blatantly obvious that he was. Power one. That's how we assess things, isn't it? But not just that. We have a moral compass that we apply, don't we? Moral intuition guides us. So let's note that with the death of Jesus, 
moral intuition said, this man is morally corrupt. Not only is he dangerous to the state, he is dangerous for the moral well-being of our people, and we must protect them. And they won. Because Jesus was obviously on the wrong side of history. And religion was there as well. Religion is a guide to how we view things. And so the religious experts, the theologians, the biblical scholars, the brightest minds in the country, those most steeped in religion and religious power and religious leadership condemned him. So standing at the foot of the cross and you look up and you feel vindicated, don't you? Those who had power felt vindicated. We have rescued people. If he'd really been who he claimed to be, he wouldn't be up there, would he? He was morally corrupt. He was theologically dangerous. If he really were God's king, God's Messiah, God would not have allowed this, would he? And so they taunted him. If you really are the king of the Jews, if you really are the Messiah, what are you doing up there? Messiahs don't die on crosses because God is on their side and he will rescue them. We are vindicated by this event. Jesus, you are on the wrong side of history. And even his own followers sensed that they had backed a loser. His innermost circle was fragmented. Even before the crucifixion, Judas was just the extreme case. They were uncertain. They were fearful. They were confused about what Jesus had been saying. And he put up no resistance when he came to his arrest. And they all fled. Clearly, we were wrong. Jesus was on the wrong side of history. It raises a question, doesn't it? How do you know whether you're on the wrong side of history or not? How do you know? And the answer is we don't. We don't. Because the person who decides who's on the right side of history and who's on the wrong side of history isn't any of us. It's God himself. And the crucifixion of Jesus is a jolt, or ought to be, to the system for us. It ought to profoundly disturb us Because it takes all those things that we regard as being the compasses that guide our lives. Those who are influential, those who are learned, those who exercise power, those who speak with moral authority and shape our opinions. And religious 
leaders and religion. And he says, you can't trust any of those things. The beginning of the service sheet is a quotation from a letter by the Apostle Paul. And he says this, he says, do you know, if the rulers and authorities had understood, if they had known who Jesus was, they would never have crucified him. The crucifixion of Jesus is a stunning demonstration of the fact that there is nothing that we can trust in our cleverness, even in our religion, even in our moral intuition that can guide us as to whether we're on the right side of history or not. Well, so what? So what? Historical events come and go, don't they? We can debate them. Historians get very excited about discussions about Caesar crossing the Rubicon or whatever it is. And we live with the consequences of historical decisions made hundreds, even thousands of years ago, but there's nothing we can do about them. They just happened. We live with the consequences. The crucifixion of Jesus is unique. Because in the crucifixion of Jesus we see demonstrated that the way we do things in terms of power, in terms of the way we assess morally, the way we judge things, our ability to exercise moral intuition, even our religion is bankrupt. And the crucifixion of Jesus brings in a new era. It condemns that old era and brings in a new one. The death of Jesus isn't a defeat. You could put it like this, by being on the wrong side of history, he condemned the wrong side of history. But, but, uniquely, the death of Jesus demands a personal response. Because this new era that he has brought in revolves around the person of Jesus. And so how we stand in relation to Jesus matters. And that's a personal decision. And that is different from every other event of human history. And so for all of us on this Good Friday, thinking about the death of Jesus, a historical event, an event that changed the world, whatever position you take in terms of religious affiliation or none, changed the world. But it requires a personal response. A personal response to Jesus. 
a bowing of the knee to him, an acknowledging of him, a giving of his life, our life to him and saying, I want to be aligned with you, Jesus, and the new age that you've brought in. And so I turn my life to him. How are you doing in terms of right side of history? Wrong side of history? Where do you stand? I want to leave you with three simple things that you could do. First thing is that you could continue the conversation as you come back on Sunday. On Easter Sunday in our services at 9.30 and 5.30 and Let's continue the conversation. You could come the following Sunday as we continue the conversation about what it means to understand that Jesus is actually the right side of history and the implications for every single person who's ever lived. You could say, Today, today, I want to align my life with Jesus Christ. And in a moment, I'm going to pray. You might want to join with me. In your booklets, you were given some leaflets. They've got information about our services on Sunday, Easter Sunday. And also about the Alpha course. The Alpha course is a fantastic course that gives people the opportunity to explore further what Jesus is all about. Ask questions in a relaxed kind of way. Why don't you sign up for that? I'm going to pray. The death of Jesus uniquely requires a response from us. And not responding is a response. Not responding is a response. Let's pray. I want to encourage you just in the quietness to pray your own prayer. Whatever that is. It might be, I need to continue the conversation, so Lord, please would you help me? I have lots of questions. Please would you help me in that? It might be, I realize, although I don't fully understand what this means, but I do realize that I need to align my life with Jesus Christ. So pray, Lord Jesus, I want to begin that today, to align my life with you. Father, you know our hearts and you love us more passionately than we could ever imagine. So, Father, thank you that you've heard every prayer this morning. 
You know our deepest concerns and needs. Father, you are drawing us if we would only respond to experience your love and your mercy and your joy and be drawn into this new era that Jesus brought in through his victory on the cross. And so we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.